it certainly is my privilege to be with this wonderful church on this Wednesday night, and I have been looking forward to to our time together, and I just believe that God is going to speak to our hearts tonight. Amen. I believe that the Holy Ghost is going to have its way. Amen. If you have your Bibles this evening, let's go to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 3, and while you are Turning there, let me let me say just once again what a great honor it is to be with you, and I want to give honor to your pastor, and uh, we have just made acquaintances here within the last few weeks, month or so, and uh, but I look forward to to strengthening that relationship and uh, a continued relationship. Amen. And I I need men like this. I want men like this in my life. Amen. My pastor said many years ago that he prayed a prayer, God, you know, you know the right people to bring into my life at the right time. And I'm asking you to do that. And he said, it's a prayer that I've watched God answer. And I, I too have prayed that prayer and I've watched God answer that. And uh, I just, I look forward to, to a continued relationship. Amen. Ephesians chapter three, let's read tonight one verse of scripture. And that would be verse 20, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. I want to preach tonight for the next few moments on this subject, what God cannot do. What God cannot do. Amen. Would you set your Bibles down? Let's pray together. And let's ask that our great God would speak to all of our hearts here tonight. Jesus, I love you. I thank you, God, for this night. I thank you for this moment. I thank you for this opportunity to be in your presence. I'm asking you now in these next few minutes that we have together that you would anoint me to preach your word. I pray you would anoint every heart to receive the word of God. Let our hearts be open. Let our minds be open. Let our spirits be open. Let the word of God, I pray, let it find good ground and let it bring forth much fruit. I pray, let your perfect will be done. Let it be accomplished. We will forever give your name the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. And you may be seated. I want to begin tonight by telling you that my God can do anything. And there is absolutely nothing that my God cannot do. Can I begin tonight by telling you that my, my God is greater than any sin. He is greater than any addiction. 
He is greater than any sickness or disease. He is greater than any relational issue. He's greater than any financial distress. He's greater than any circumstance, any situation, any trouble, any trial that you find yourself in. My God, your God, our God is greater than. Oftentimes when we talk about the greatness of our God, when we talk about His majesty, His glory, His splendor, we use terms like He is omniscient. Omniscient means possessed of universal or complete knowledge. We would say he's all-knowing. When we say that God is omniscient or that he is all-knowing, we mean that God has perfect knowledge of all things. He does not have to learn anything. And he has not forgotten anything. It was Isaiah who would ask in chapter 40, Who hath directed the Spirit of the Lord? Or being his counselor hath taught him. With whom took he counsel? And who instructed him and taught him in the path of judgment? And taught him knowledge and showed to him the way of understanding. God does not have to reason things out. God does not have to find out things or learn them gradually. He knows everything that has happened. He knows everything that will happen. He knows every potential thing that may happen. He knows those things that mankind has yet and may never discover. That kind of knowledge is absolute. That kind of knowledge is unacquired. The omniscience of God means that He has perfect knowledge, perfect understanding, perfect wisdom. The psalmist declared in 147 and 5, Great is our Lord and of great power. His understanding is infinite. One translation would say, His understanding has no limit. Another would say, His understanding is beyond comprehension. His wisdom cannot be measured. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the Heavens are higher than the earth. So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. The Apostle Paul would say, Oh, the depth of both the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding The writer of Hebrews would say, for the word of God is, it's quick and it's powerful. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. 
and is a discerner of the thoughts and the very intents of the heart. And the very next verse would say, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked, and all things are opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. The omniscience of God, it's not just a macro level omniscience. It's not just a global or a universal omniscience. Yes, he sits high. And yes, he knows the number of stars. He knows not to the nearest billionth, not to the nearest millionth, not to the nearest thousandth, but at this moment, at this very moment, God knows. He knows the number of stars that are twinkling in the heavens tonight, and he can call them all by their name. He sits high. It's an omniscience that is universal. It's an omniscience that is global. It's macro. But it's not just that. He is interested in the affairs of our lives. Not only does he know the number of stars, but he knows the number of hairs that are on your head and my head and all of our heads. He knows the lack thereof. He knows the number of hairs. Can I preach to you on this Wednesday night uh, that we don't serve a God uh, who sits high and he's running a world, uh, he's running a universe, uh, and he has no time for you or I. Uh, that's not the God that we serve, uh, but the God that we serve. Yes, he's running the world. Uh, yes, he's running the universe. Uh, yes, uh, he's making sure the sun rises uh, and the sun sets uh, and the moon casts her shadow. Uh, but he's interested uh, in the affairs uh, of your life. Uh, he's interested uh, in your ups and downs. Uh, he's interested uh, in your highs and lows. Uh, he's interested uh, in your good days uh, and your bad. Uh, he's interested. Uh, he's not a God uh, who in the going gets rough. He gets going and he leaves you hanging. He leaves you all by yourself. That's not the God we serve. That's not the God I serve. David, the psalmist, he personalized the omniscience of God when he wrote and said, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. You have searched me and you have known me. You know my down sitting and you know mine uprising. You understand my thoughts. You understand where they come from. You understand the origin. You can pass my path and my lying down. You're acquainted with all my ways. There's not a word in my tongue. Lo, before I even speak it, you already know what I'm going to say. You have beset me behind and before you laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge. He would say such knowledge. When I think about this, in another place he would say, oh Lord, our Lord, how 
Excellent is thy name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. He would say, when I consider the sun, the moon, the stars that you have ordained, what is man? The psalmist was saying, God, when I, when I step outside and I, I look up and I, and I see this vast universe and I, and I realize that with my naked eye, I'm just seeing a, a fraction of what's really there. It, it goes and it goes. It, it goes and it goes. It's ever increasing and ever expanding and ever growing. When I consider your heavens, what is man that you are mindful of him? What is the son of man that you would even visit him? Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I, I cannot attain unto it. When we talk about the greatness of God, we use terms like He is omnipresent. Omnipresent means He is present in all places at all times. We would say He's an all-present God. When we say that God is omnipresent or that He is all-present, we mean that in every place, in every crook and cranny of the universe, God is present. There is no place where, where God is absent, where He is not. He is not limited by space. When we say that God is omnipresent or all-present, we, we do not mean that God's form is, is spread out so that parts and pieces of Him exist in every location. We don't mean that he's stretched so thin that he's got, he's got one hand propped on the sun and another hand on the moon. And he's got one foot on the continent of Africa and another resting on the Americas. That's not what we mean. God is a spirit. That's what the Bible teaches us. That's what Jesus said to the woman of Samaria in John chapter 4. She would say, our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. And Jesus would say, woman, believe me, the hour cometh when you will neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Worship will not be tied to a specific location. You will neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Little lady, you can't even comprehend this, but there, there's coming a day. In fact, it will be in the month of September in 2023 in a community in Kansas that a group of people will gather together. They won't be in this mountain and they won't be in Jerusalem, but they will be worshiping the Father. He would say, you worship, you know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father. We are tonight, we are fulfilling that prophecy. The hour cometh and even now is. That hour is right 
now. Did you know that God in 2023, God is still looking for worshipers. He is still looking for people who will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. We are the fulfillment. What we're doing tonight is exactly what Jesus was talking about in John chapter 4. The hour even now is we are worshiping the Father in spirit and in truth. He would say God is a spirit. That means he has no physical form or being. His spirit, his presence is everywhere. He's present everywhere in that everything is immediately in his presence at the same time. Heaven's his throne. The earth is his footstool. The farthest planet. Listen now. All of God. Not a piece. Not a fraction. Not a portion. Not a fragment. But all of God is residing in that farthest planet. All of God. That farthest star. All of God is there. The deepest part of the ocean. All of God is there. The highest mountain, all of God is there. He's in Africa, all of God is there. Not a portion of God, not a piece of God. All of God is in Africa right now, all of God. All of God is in the land down under right now. You can't even comprehend that. I can't even comprehend that. We are trapped. We are so finite. We are so frail and fragile. We can't even comprehend that. I can't be here and somewhere else at the same time. I can't even comprehend all of God. All of God is in Australia. All of God is in South America. All of God is in Europe and, and right here in America. All of God. All of God is in Los Angeles. And all of God is in New York City. And all of God is in Atlanta. And all of God is in Tulsa. And all of God is right here in this sanctuary. In this room right now. All of God. God, oh, not a piece of God, not a part of God, not a fraction of God, not a fragment of God, but God, God, in the essence of who He is, uh, all of God, all of His goodness, uh, and all of His grace, uh, and all of His mercy, and all of His kindness, uh, and all of His love, uh, and all, all of God is in this room right now. All of God is here. And so that's why I can stand here on a Wednesday night and tell you that it doesn't matter what you came to church needing tonight. If you need the Holy Ghost, you can receive the Holy Ghost because all of God is here. If you need healing in your body, you can be healed tonight. If you need deliverance, you can be delivered tonight. If you need God to make a way where there seemeth to be no way, God, he can make a way on a Wednesday night. 
God can make a way where there seemeth to be no way. It's not like, listen now, it's not like his mercy is over over there and, and, and his grace is over there and his power is over there and his goodness is over there. And tonight, you and I, we just happen to get God's kindness. That's what we get tonight. But, but somewhere else, they've got God's power. And somewhere else, they've got God's healing. And somewhere else, they've got God's deliverance. That's not how it works, brothers and sisters. But his goodness is right here tonight. And his healing power is right here tonight. And his deliverance is right here tonight. And his kindness is right here tonight. And his mercy is right here tonight. And his love is right here tonight. Do you realize how blessed we are? Do you realize that we are the most blessed people on the face of the planet? That all of God is in this room tonight and we recognize it. We recognize it. And so that means that we can avail ourselves of it. Whatever we need. We don't have to come shyly. Whatever we need. We don't have to tuck our heads. But we can walk boldly boldly into the throne room of grace and say tonight God I need healing. Tonight God I need deliverance. Tonight God I've got some prayers I need you to answer. Tonight God I need you to make a way. Tonight God I need you. That same psalmist who wrote about the omniscience of God. When he talked about God searching him and God knowing him and God understanding him. In that same text, Psalm 139, that same psalm as he wrote about the omnipresence of God, he would say, whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and I dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there, your hand's going to lead me. And your right hand's going to hold me. If I say the darkness shall cover me, even the night, God, you've got NVGs. You've got night vision goggles, God. The night shines like the light. The darkness doesn't hide from you. It shines as the day. The darkness and the light, they're both alike to you. So, it doesn't matter if we're talking about space or speed or darkness. David said, nothing, nobody can escape, can hide from the omnipresence of God. Hear me tonight when I tell you that the omnipresence and the omniscience of God, it, it causes two reactions, one of two. To the individual who, whose heart is bent on evil. 
that ought to give you reason to shake in your boots. Because the Bible lets us know that the eyes of the Lord are in every place. Beholding not just the good, but he beholds the evil. And not just the evil, but the good. The eyes of the Lord. And so, and so if my heart is bent on evil, if I have set my face to do wickedness in the sight of God, then I've got every reason to shake in my boots and to be afraid and to tremble into fear. Because the eyes of the Lord, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I turn the lights out. It, it doesn't matter if I lock the door. It, it doesn't matter if nobody's around and, and I shut the computer screen. None of that matters. The eyes of the Lord are in every place. But on the flip side, if my heart is perfect, and by perfect I don't mean never sinned and never made a mistake, never fallen, never failed. That's not what I'm talking about. But if my heart is perfect, if I'm doing my dead level best to live for God, and if I make a mistake, I take care of it, I repent of it, and I get back up and I keep walking. If I fall and I fail, then I just get up again and I keep moving in the right direction. If my heart is perfect, Perfect, the writer said, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. You know what God's looking for? You know what he's looking for on a Wednesday night? He's looking for those whose hearts are perfect toward him. And here's why. So he could show himself strong in their behalf. Can I tell you tonight that God, the eyes of the Lord, even right now, they are scanning. The eyes of the Lord are running to and fro. And God, he's looking for a man. He's looking for a woman. He's looking for a young man. He's looking for a young lady. He's looking for a church whose heart is perfect. They're doing their best to live for God. They're doing their best to live right and to be holy. They're, they're doing their best. God is looking for that kind of individual. God is looking for that kind of church because God wants to show himself strong in their behalf. That's what God's doing. So listen now, the omniscience of God lets me know that God, He knows where I'm at. He knows the trial I'm in. He knows the circumstances that I'm facing. He knows the situations that, that when I wake up tomorrow morning, they're going to be waiting on me. He knows that, 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 problem that I came to church with tonight that's that's lingering that I it's just there and I've got to take care of it I I know I do or or maybe I'm preaching to somebody tonight it's a problem that that you don't know what to do there 
You can't do anything about it. It's, it's out of your, it's out of your scope. It, it's too heavy. It's God's got to take care. He knows all of that. There's not a problem that I face that God doesn't know. There's not a situation that I find myself in that God's not aware of. That's the omniscience of God. And the omnipresence of God tells me that he's in the middle of my problems. He's in the middle of my situations. He's in the middle of my circumstances. He's in the middle of my troubles and my trials. Was it not Job who said, I look for God and I can't find him. I go forward and he's not there. I go backward and he's not there. On my left hand, he's not there. On my right hand, he's not there. But I do know this, that even though I can't feel him and even though I can't see him does not mean that he's not there. Job had enough sense about him to know even though I can't see him and even though I can't feel him does not mean he's absent. Does not mean he's not in the middle of what I'm going through. I know that he knows the way that I take and when he has tried me I shall come forth as cold. Can I preach to you tonight? It doesn't matter where you find yourself. If you're on the mountain, he's there. If you're in the valley, he's there. If the sun's shining, he's there. If the rain's falling, he's there. If there's a smile on your face or tears dripping out your eyes, if you're healthy or you're sick, if you've got money or you don't, he's there. It doesn't matter the situation. It doesn't matter the trial. It doesn't matter the problem. My God is with me. My God is for me. Oh, yes, he is. It's the omniscience of God. It's the omnipresence of God. But it's the omnipotence of God that I, that I want to talk to you about tonight for the next few moments. When we talk about the greatness of God. We use terms like he's omnipotent, which means he has absolute power overall. We would say he is all-powerful. And that's exactly who and what he is. He's all-powerful. No further proof is needed than Matthew chapter 28. Jesus would say all-power. Not some power. Not most power. But all-power. In heaven and in earth, it is given unto me. It was after 77 or so questions. Questions like, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Questions like, who laid the measures thereof, if you know? And who hath stretched the line upon it? And whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? And who laid the cornerstone thereof, uh, when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Questions like, have you commanded the morning since your days? And have you caused the day spring to know his place? And 
Have you entered into the springs of the sea? And have you walked in the search of the depth? And, and have the gates of death been opened unto you? And have you seen the doors of the shadow of death? And, and Job, somewhere along in here, Job would, he would stop God and say, I get it. No more questions. I understand. I got it. You're big. I'm small. I got it. And God would say, oh, no. I listen to you and your three friends. Sit around for 30-something chapters and try to figure me out and try to punch me into your little calculator and get your little answer. I listen to you and your three friends pontificate and try to come up with some reason as to why all of this was happening. Now, Job, it's my turn, and you're going to listen to me, and I want you to answer me. He would say, have you perceived the breadth of the earth? Where is the way where light dwelleth? And Job was like, God, I got this. You don't have to ask me any more questions. And, and God was like, uh-uh, big boy. You sat around and you acted like you knew who I was and what I was doing. So answer me. As for darkness, where is the place thereof? Will you disannul my judgment? Will you condemn me that you may be righteous? Do you have an arm like God? Can you thunder with a voice like him? Finally, Job would say in 42 and 2, I know that you can do everything. I know that you can do everything. And that no thought can be withholding from you. It was Jeremiah who would say, Ah, Lord God, behold, you made the heaven and the earth by your great power and your stretched out arm. And there is nothing, there is nothing that is too hard for you. 32 and 27, just 10 verses later, God would say, You're right, Jeremiah. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. And is there anything too hard for me? It's Luke 1 and 37. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. It's Mark 10 and 27 that says with men, it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are Possible. Brothers and sisters, when your Bible uses words like nothing and all and everything and anything and exceeding abundantly above, it's not just using filler words to try to take up space. The writer would say, if everything was written that should be written about the life and ministry of Jesus Christ, I suppose uh, that the world itself could not contain the books uh, that should be written. I'm preaching to you on this Wednesday night. Uh, there are promises found uh, in the Word of 
God. They are yours and they are mine. God's word says that with men it may be impossible, but with God, all things, all things, all things. There is nothing, nothing, nothing. I don't care what it is. I don't, it may be cancer in the fourth stage. It may be kidney disease in the third and fourth stage. Nothing is impossible. It may look like it's headed for the divorce court, but nothing is impossible for God. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Can I remind you on this Wednesday night that we serve a God who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or even think. You do realize that the Apostle Paul could have said that he is able to do more than you ask or think and left it there. He could have, but that didn't quite convey it. He wanted you to realize that the God you and I serve, it's not like, it's not like he's just, he's new to this. He's able to do more than you ask or think. He wanted you and I to understand. That the God we serve is able to do exceeding. Exceeding. Abundantly. Can I tell you tonight that you can't pray big enough prayers. You can't pray big enough prayers. Because he's able to do not just what you can ask or even think but exceeding abundantly above all that. Don't be afraid to pray big prayers. Don't be afraid to pray big prayers. We understand tonight that not everything is according to the will of God. We understand that. We understand we're not talking about shooting for the moon tonight and, and big houses and luxury vehicles. and all. We understand. But revival? Revival that fills this building to capacity? You want to tell me that that's not the will of God? I'll tell you, you're crazy. It is the will of God. That needs to be a prayer you pray. God, fill this building. Fill it with glory. Fill it with power. Fill it with miracles. Fill it with that. Fill it with people. Fill it with hungry souls. Fill it with the lost. That's a big prayer. It's a big, it may seem big to you, but it's not too big for God. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or even think. The writer of Revelation would say, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. Saith the Lord, which is, which was, which is to come, the Almighty. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude. The voice of many waters. The voice of mighty thundering saying, Hallelujah. For the Lord God, omnipotent, 
John's writing that from the end of time. He's writing that after, after everything's done, wrapped up. It's, the revelation's almost done. And he's writing that from the end, saying, I saw it all. From beginning to end, I saw it all. And he reigned. He reigned way up in heaven when Satan said, I'll be like the Most High. And God said, oh, no, you won't. He reigned then. And he said, I've watched it all through time. I've watched it all through time. I've watched this thing wrap up. And guess what? He's still sitting on the throne. I've watched Satan time after time try to usurp his authority. I, I've watched Satan try to rebel and, and cause and, 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 and unseat him from his throne. I, but when it's all said and done, the omnipotent one, the God who is all-powerful, the God who has all power in heaven and earth, I, at the end of the day, at the end of time, I, he's still sitting on the throne. I, the devil's not sitting on the throne. I, the enemy's not sitting on the throne. I, Fear's not sitting on the throne. Depression's not. My situation isn't sitting on the throne. But the Lord God, omnipotent, who reigns, he's still sitting on the throne. So we serve a God. We serve a God who can do anything. We serve a God who can do anything. I hope you believe that. I hope it's not just words you say, but I hope you believe it. He can do absolutely anything. I don't tell you that tonight just to get you to clap or shout or do whatever. I tell you that tonight because I believe that. The crown of my head to the sole of my feet, I believe that. I believe he can do anything. I believe there's nothing that he cannot do. I stand here tonight a miracle. I stand here tonight a miracle. I stand here tonight a product of the miracle working power of God. Born with a hole in my heart. Supposed to be on a transplant list. UCLA. An older brother that passed from a heart condition, just, just a few days old, born, doctors checked me thoroughly, said he's okay, he's fine, take him home, and just a week or two later called and said, you missed it, he's got a serious heart defect, we're going to put him on a transplant list, if that's okay, we're going to put him on a heart transplant list, but prayer was made, my pastor held me in his arms, baby dedication Sunday, my parents were new to church. Held me in his arms. Told the church what was going on. Here my parents are just, just eight months having received the Holy Ghost. New. Just coming to God. Already lost one baby. Now facing a, a horrible prognosis on the second. Faith. You can only imagine. Rocking and reeling, just unsure. And on that baby dedication Sunday, holding me in his arms, told the church what was going on, and prayer was made. And my mother would testify to you on this Wednesday night that 
in that service, she felt an assurance. She felt a confidence that God, the God who can do anything, had reached in. And without one scalpel, without one stitch, without opening the chest cavity of a little boy, God had reached in and had performed open heart surgery. It would be confirmed. I stand here tonight, no issues, no problems, never, never had a transplant. And you want to tell me that God can't do anything? And you want to tell me that, that there are, you know, he's okay at some things, but, but there's some things he just, it's kind of out of his league. It's just, it's just too much for him. I've come to tell you tonight that he can do anything. He can do anything. I don't care what it is. I, I do not. I've seen him do it time after time. I've witnessed it. There's people in this room tonight who have been touched by the healing power of God. A miracle. God touched you in your body. There may be people in this room tonight that God has delivered. I don't know, but I'm telling you, he can't do anything. He's greater. I go back to how I started tonight. He's greater than any sin. And he's greater than any addiction. It doesn't matter if it's alcoholism and you struggle for 20 years or it's a drug habit that you just can't shake. He's greater than any addiction. He's greater than any sickness or disease. He's greater than any relational issue. He's greater than any financial distress. He's greater than your situation, than your problem, than your trouble, than your trial. He's greater than your circumstance. He can do anything. He can do anything. With his word, he can create worlds. You know what's keeping everything going tonight? The word of God. The word of God. We're just so used to it happening. We just, the sun's going to rise tomorrow morning. It's happened every morning for the last thousands of years. We don't even realize, and we fail to stop it every once in a while. Just think, God's doing that. With his word, he's doing that. It's set tonight. It will set tomorrow night. It will, just like it always has, by the word of God. You know, it's keeping everything spinning at the right, at the right speeds so that we don't get too far from the sun, too close to the sun. Word of God, Word of God. With His Word, He did that. With His Word, He said, "Let there be light," and there was light. With With His Word, He said, "Let there be trees," and there were trees, and let there be grass, and there was grass, and and let there be birds, and let there be beasts, and let there be fish. With His Word, He. Delivered his people out of Egypt. That's what God can do. With the mighty arm and a stretched out hand, God delivered. He parted Red Seas. His people walked across on, this is what God can do. My God, your God, our God, the God who's in this room tonight. That's what he can do. 
He parted Red Seas as people walked across, not on muddy ground. They didn't take a step into that Red Sea and pick up their foot and it was caked in mud or they lost their sandal. They walked across on dry ground. He gave them manna six days out of seven. There was a rock that followed them. Water came out of that rock. Their shoes didn't wear out. Their clothes didn't wear out. In fact, I believe it, they grew with them. Clothes that grew and shoes that grew. That's what God can do. You need time to fight this battle. Sun, stand still. That means moon, you've got to stand still. That means solar system. You've got to come to a screeching halt. We just read sun, stand still, but it was more than that. It's deeper than that. Everything. The word of God has got to stop while Joshua completes his task. The iron can swim. Fire can fall. He can quench a fiery furnace. He can shut lions' mouths. He can raise the widow's son. That's what God, he can make sure that the oil never runs out. That the barrel of meal never runs out as long as there's drought and famine. That's what my God can do. And hear me as I, as I come to a close. I found something that God can do. I found something. Sorry. I hate to be the one to have to break the news to you. But I found something that God can't do. The writer of Hebrews said it. Chapter 6. He said, it is impossible. Listen now. He can do anything. He can do anything. There's nothing. There's nothing that he can't do. Except it is impossible. God couldn't if he tried. It is impossible for God to lie. He can do anything but lie. That's the God we serve. It's 8.43 on a Wednesday night. But if God were to say, it's high noon Friday, you know what would happen? You and I would get in this little time capsule, we'd speed forward, and we'd walk out, the sun would be shining, it'd be high noon Friday, because God cannot lie. If he were to say it's 11 o'clock Sunday morning, it's midnight Saturday night, if God were to say it, he cannot lie. If the doctor's looking at the x Cancer is everywhere. There's not a spot where there's not any cancer. It's filled the body. But if God were to say, there is no cancer. It doesn't matter what the x-rays say. It doesn't matter what the doctors say. God said there's no cancer. 
If the doctors were to say, there's a hole in his heart, and we've got to put him on the transplant list at UCLA, and, and we just got to pray for a miracle if that's what the doctor. But if God says, oh, no, there's not, I'm going to perform open heart surgery without opening up the chest cavity. I'm going to do it. It doesn't what the doctors say. It doesn't matter what the specialist says. It doesn't matter what the experts say. You hear me tonight. The God we serve can do anything but lie. Brothers and sisters, I've come to preach to you on a Wednesday night that you can stand on the word of God. It doesn't matter what my situation says. It doesn't matter what my trial says. It doesn't matter what my circumstance says. What does the word say? What does the word of God say? What are the promises of God? Because he cannot lie. There's some promises found in this book. They're mine and they're yours. Promises like, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, but I'll be with you always, even unto the end of the world. You can stand on that, because he cannot lie. Abraham, Abraham, what did God say? Well, I was 75 years old. I'm almost done. I was 75 years old when I received that promise that my seed, that God would bless me, make my name great, and that through me all nations of the earth would be blessed. He would tell me again that my seed would be as the stars of the sky. And as the sand on the seashore. Five recorded times God spoke to Abraham for 25 years. We know he spoke to him at the beginning. We know he spoke to him nine months. Thereabouts before Isaac was born. So let's just say in 24 years God spoke to Abraham three times. Once every eight years God spoke to Abraham. Abraham, what do you do in the meantime? I just keep walking off the word that he gave me the last time. Because he can't lie. You know what I'm doing today? What he told me to do yesterday. You know what I'm doing today? What he told me to do last week. You know what I'm doing today? What he told me last year. I'm doing today what he told me to do five years ago, eight years ago. I'm living off the word that he gave me the last time. And I'll just keep doing what I'm doing until the next word comes. And then I'll do that. And I'll just keep doing that until the next word comes. And Abraham, if you'll be faithful. And Abraham, if you'll take God at his word. There's coming a day, nine months before that little baby's born. That God's going to show up and say, you just tell Sarah to get ready. Because according to the time of life, she's going to give birth to a little baby boy. What did the writer of Romans say? Who being weak in faith, 
considered not his own body, now dead. And he was about 100 years old. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He wasn't weak in faith. He was strong in faith. Giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Musicians come. What God had promised. What God. I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. What God had promised. What God had promised. I'm preaching to individuals tonight. I'm preaching to families. I'm preaching to this church tonight. There's some promises that God has made. There's some promises that God has given. And I've come to preach to you tonight. He can do anything but lie. He can do anything but fail. And if God gave his word, if God gave you a promise, then hold on to that promise. Let's stand together. Here was Jairus. His daughter was was sick. When he came to where Jesus was, she was, she was nigh the point of death. Jesus started. He started to Jairus' house. He said, Jairus, I'll go with you. And while they're making their way to Jairus' house, that little lady with the issue of blood interrupted the procession. She got her miracle. While she's getting her miracle, they tug on Jairus' coat and say, just leave Jesus alone. Your daughter, she's dead. What's a man supposed to do? What's a father supposed to do? When you start she was alive. There was hope. And now this little lady gets her miracle. I'm going home to a daughter that's dead to plan a funeral. I could only imagine as Jesus looked at Jairus. And what was being communicated was, Jairus, did I start to your house? Jairus, did we begin the journey? Because Jairus, I can do anything but lie. I can do anything but fail. And Jairus, I'm not the type of God that starts and doesn't finish. I'm not the type of God that begins something and leaves it halfway. But Jairus, when I started, it was me giving you my word that I was coming to your house. And so Jairus, in between, in between me starting and me getting there, your job, son, is to believe. That's your job, is to believe. I'm preaching to people tonight. I don't know where you're at. I don't know where you find yourself. 
can I tell you all this Wednesday night? God hasn't left you. It doesn't matter where you find yourself. God hasn't abandoned you. He loves you. He cares about you. He's with you. And if he's given you a word, if he's given you a promise, and he has, you can hold to the promises of God. I feel his presence. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. In fact, let's lift our hands and let's talk to the Lord together. I love you, Jesus. I love you tonight, God. Oh, I feel your sweet presence. I feel your sweet touch. I love you tonight. I love you tonight. I love you tonight. I love you tonight, Jesus. I don't know how you do it on a Wednesday night. I, I know the hour's growing late, and I know you've got work tomorrow. But I'm going to open this altar on this Wednesday night. If anybody wants just to step out from where you're standing and maybe make your way, gather around this front and say, God, I'm taking you at your word. God, I believe you. I believe your promises. I believe you're true. Forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled. Your word is settled in the heavens. Heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will never pass away. Oh, let's reach out to the Lord together. Come on, brother. Come on, sister. Come on, saint of God. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Whatever you need from God, you can receive it even now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe your word, God. I believe your word, God. I believe your word. I believe your word. I believe your word.
Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. While we, while we have our faith high tonight, I want us to pray for a young lady named Tricia. She's going in tomorrow. They're going to be doing some brain surgery on her. We prayed over a prayer cloth for her several weeks ago. And uh, she's had some kind of chronic illness. But uh, Sister Kim wasn't able to be here tonight. She asked us to pray for her. And this is happening tomorrow. God knows how to step in there. He can guide the hands of the surgeon or he can do it tonight while we're praying. God's able to do it. And so we're going to pray for Trisha right now. Let's, let's lift up Trisha to the Lord in, in prayer. Lord, we love you. My God, you see Trisha today, God. You know what's going on, Lord. You know how to fix the situation. Lord, I pray whatever this, the, the, the situation may be, uh, Lord, but that you would reach down and you would guide the hands of the surgeons. And, God, that you would bring her back 100%, Lord. Lord, whatever happens, God, Lord, I believe that you can perform is a miracle in this situation that only you can receive glory for. God, you are able to do it, Jesus. God, I thank you for it today. Hallelujah. If you believe God can do it, why don't you give him some praise right now? Oh, we love you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, God cannot lie. He cannot lie. He is so, so, so good. Amen. He is a faithful God. Amen. Praise God. Well, tonight, I want to say thank you, Brother Barry, for preaching to us. Amen. I'm encouraged right now. And uh, I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm not going to preach another message. All I want to throw this out there for I don't, somebody maybe need to hear this, but I got a question for you. How many giants would David have slain? What's the word I'm looking for? Slain. I'm, I'm just a Kansas country preacher over here. <laughs> How many giants would David have slain if he approached the giants with the attitude that you approach your situations with? How many giants would he have killed if he approached that giant with the same attitude and the same approach that you're approaching all of your situations? He had ultimate faith in God. He said, look, Goliath, what did he say? I come, you come against me with sticks and stones. It's like, what are you doing? But David had something much greater than what Goliath could see on the outside. He said, you come at me with swords and staves. He said, but let me tell you something. I'm coming at you in the name of the Lord. Amen. He realized this wasn't his first rodeo. He had some other enemies show up. Amen. And he spent some time with the Lord on the backside of a mountain. Amen. If he had just walked up and said, okay, God, I'm just trusting that you're going to take these, this lion and this bear away. No, he had to get in there, and he had to get dirty <laughs> with those, those, those enemies that came in his, into his life right then. You know what? I'm not tolerating any enemy coming into my life. I'm not going to tolerate it, and I'm not going to get down the dumps 
I'm just going to say, all right, Lord, I know you're still on the throne. And your word says that you're going to be with me even to the end of the earth. I'm going to keep trusting in you. Amen. He's a good God. Amen. He's a good God. Praise God. Amen. Saturday, um, if any of you are available, we'll be here cutting holes in the ceiling in the fellowship hall and taking down light fixtures and fixing sheetrock and all that good stuff. So um, I'll have materials here Friday night. Um, the young folks, I think my kids, at least my girls, are going to be going to Tulsa Friday night. Um, Got to figure out how we're going to get you there. I don't know if we're going to take you up there to meet them, but if any of y'all want to go, you're welcome to go. I'm running out of days, so I'm going to have to stick around here and get that room finished up. Uh, we got one week from this Friday is our anniversary service. So we got less than a week to get some stuff done. Yeah. And so I don't know if we're going to get that flooring in, but we'll see. Yep. Something like that. I think you're right. You got it. Amen. But, uh, amen. It starts Wednesday night. We have less. We have less days to work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so next, I've done that before. I've done that before. Um, but I, I'll probably start working up here, and then when you come up, I'll stop. We'll spend some time together, and then I'll. I'll doing some other work when we're finished. So um, I'll be here working Friday, tomorrow night, Friday night, and then all day Saturday we'll be here working. And after service is over Sunday, we have all afternoon. So if you have time, you can come and help me. Um, come come join me. We'll, we'll have a good old time um, working in the house of the Lord. And uh, I, think, I think we can get it done. Uh, just changing that my work situation, and uh, let's just say they're not paying as often as they said that they would, so that's how it goes, and uh, some of that's how we're getting some of this done, and so we'll, we'll see how that goes, and and God knows if it's not done, it's not done. We'll just have, we'll have church anyway and, and uh, celebrate in seven years. When we had our first service in this room, there was no sheetrock around the windows. There was no trim on the windows. Insulation was sticking out everywhere. And uh, I think we had sheetrock finished up above, but we just hadn't done the windows yet. And uh, we still had church. And so, anyway, it don't have to be complete, but um, I'd like for it to be as close as possible. So, anyway, God bless y'all. Uh, Brother Mendez, you want to help me out there? have to give. Let's pray over the offering and, and dismissal prayer tonight. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the word of God that was delivered tonight. Thank you for speaking to our hearts. God, I pray right now that you would reach down, God, and that you would help us, Lord, as we go from this house today. Lord, let us continue to walk in faith. God, I pray that you would bless this offering tonight, bless the gift and the giver. Lord, I pray that you would help bless us as we leave this place, but never from your presence. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be dismissed tonight. Amen. God bless you all.